1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
2: 319! This is the Rich Eisen Show.
1: Do you expect to start week one? What'd you make of Brian Schottenheimer and Jacksonville's comments that it's too early to name a starting quarterback in
3: Jacksonville? I'd love to know what Urban said to him, like, either before he went out there to talk to the media or ask. The Rich Eisen Show. Stop BSing me, man.
2: Earlier on the show, ESPN NBA insider Brian Wintors. Still to come. Yes Network Yankees broadcaster Michael Kaye. Plus, 14-year NFL veteran Greg Olson. And now, it's Rich Eisen.
1: Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air here on this busy Monday. We just talked about the U.S. Open and the NBA playoffs writ large. Um, still to come on this program. Um, I am sorry, Chris. I'm, I have to do this. Chris Brockman, I have to do this. And uh, Mike Del Tufo, I have to do this. And I, 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 it's just it's, it's, it's sitting right there to promote what's coming up on this program. What do uh, uh, Joel Embiid and the NCAA have in common? They both got dunked on. <laughs> the Supreme Court voting 9 nothing to give uh, some NCAA athletes a little bit of scratch. Was Brett Kavanaugh wearing a t-shirt? Brett, Kavanaugh, himself, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, Coach,
4: Coach Kavanaugh was dunking.
1: <laughs> and uh, the question is, is, what does that mean for the NCAA in terms of paying players? Will they be required to do that? Um, so Gabe Feldman of Tulane sports law will be joining us in 20 minutes time to give us heads or tails on that. Greg Olson will be joining us from the, uh, Fox sports team. Like he's uh, no longer an NFL player, but, um, he had a heck of a father's day yesterday. His son, TJ has got a new heart and, uh, I love Greg Olson. He'll be joining us in hour number three. And I love this man as well. I couldn't be more happy for him, uh, cause he's got a new book uh, about uh, called Center Stage, my most fascinating interviews from A-Rod to Jay-Z as a host of the award-winning show Center Stage on Yes. Growing up in New York, as I did, with as he did as well, uh, a dream job would be to be uh, talking sports every single day, um, as he does, and also be the voice of the New York Yankees, as he is. And I watch him all the time with my kids because Yes Network is always on in my house he's michael k who i've known forever in a day how are you michael k
0: i'm great rich belated happy father's day
1: same to you man thanks same to you what were you doing uh, uh oh that's right you were calling a walk-off triple play i saw Walk that Walk-off
0: triple play and then uh, my wife and kids took me out to dinner after that so it was a nice father's
1: Day. a lot of walk-offs a lot yes. of walk-offs. you've I, I imagine you've you we I, I know you've called triple plays because the yankees have had three of them this year but is that your first walk-off triple play of your career. That's
0: the first one. I think the Yankees have had one in 1903 and 1913, so I was a little young then. <laughs> but uh, I, I had only seen one triple play in my life before this year, <laughs> the Randy Velarde unassisted triple play, even as a fan. So uh, three and then two in like four days, kind of amazing.
1: It is, man, especially since Chapman, uh, Araldis Chapman, had a visit to the mound by uh, by Aaron Boone and then the trainer and it looked like he might be coming out. Double barrel action in the pen and his eleventh pitch of the appearance with just two strikes thrown was the triple play. I mean that is amazing. I, yeah, I was it
0: might not have ended well yesterday because he didn't have great stuff and then uh, the nail seemed like it was bothering him. But Boone joked afterwards that he said, I didn't go out there checking on his nail. I said just throw a three ball right here. So he did.
1: That's it. I love it. Well, I mean, and plus in this day and age, Michael, we I just can't tell anymore if a pitcher doesn't have it because they're not using what they normally put on a baseball. What is your perspective uh, of what Major League Baseball is attempting to do, certainly since Garrett Cole has been right there in the front and center in the middle of the, all of this, Michael?
0: I don't like it. I understand why they're doing it. The, the thing I don't like about it is why are you doing it in the middle of June? Because you're asking pitchers to change something that they've been doing for a long time. Even those that don't weaponize it into spin rate, there are people that actually use stuff on the ball to get a grip. And now you're asking them not to do that. And If you, if you believe Tyler Glass now, it could have really negative consequences as well. But I do understand what they're doing because the first two months of the season, it was really tough to watch baseball. There's no action. Fastball. Uh, strikeout, fastball, walk, fastball, home run, that's not good. It's not good for the game. Uh, There's very little action, very little balls put in play. So they had to do something, and I think they were desperate. That's why they're doing this in the middle of the season.
1: Yeah, because I think somebody took it too far. I mean, people were taking it way too far. I mean, that's spider tech stuff. I've seen videos about what it actually is. You, You know, general contractors use it to build houses. I mean, pitchers shouldn't use it to get a grip on a baseball. I mean, that's just insane.
0: I was told by a couple of people that the grip that the pitchers had on baseball, like last year you could really tell because the ballparks were empty, which was terrible, but if you've ever ripped Velcro, that's what it sounded like, a ball coming off a pitcher's hand. That's how much adhesive they had, and that does increase spin rate. So uh, spin rate is something that makes a pitch a little bit more unhittable, and that's why you saw a batting average for the entire Major League Baseball equal to what it was in 1968. So something had to give rather than moving the mound back two feet or a foot or anything like that, and this was their first step.
1: What are you hearing about the actual uh, manner in which they're going to te- you know, uh, check for this stuff? Like- they're going
0: to have strip searches, which is going to be fine. Like, you know, it's going to be a R-rated game. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody really – <laughs> yesterday speaking to the media, Garrett Cole wasn't sure exactly how they're going to enforce this. But, I mean, if we worry about pace of play, Rich – Really, not good to keep stopping the game to check a pitcher. So <laughs> I hope they do that between innings or whatever the case may be. Well, it's, but it's going
1: to be ugly. It's not just pay; it's not pace of play anymore. It's quality of play. I mean, you just said it. I mean, there there was a, a game. I, I, look, I, I I say it to you on the air. I text it to you off the air. I truly mean it. Like you're you're the voice in in my house. Uh, maybe more than mine. You know. I mean, we're we're constantly watching Yankee games, and. um you know, uh, there was uh, an inning where I think it was Yankees' Rays, ninth inning, uh, game on the line, two men on, two men out, and a ball had yet to be put in play. You know what I'm saying? And even so, even the exciting stuff, you got this feeling in your gut saying something's off here. Something's just not right. Even when the excitement is there, Michael, there's something has to be done. Something had to be done.
0: Yeah. And, and I'm and wondering and a, a lot of people complain about the launch angle and the three true outcomes, but smarter people than me have come up with the fact that against the pitching the way it is right now, the best and most efficient way to score is to hit a home run. Because you're not going to string together five or six hits with one reliever after the other coming in from the bullpen hitting 98 miles an hour. And in case that stops, in the event that that stops, then hitting will return to the game and also you might have to outlaw shifts. And I hate, I hate to legislate against people being smarter than other people, but I think that's what you do because – the bottom line is you've got these these Ivy League grads finding the most efficient way to win, but they are not entrusted with making the game entertaining. No. The most efficient way to win is not the most entertaining
1: way. But that's, uh, you know, I'm I, push back on that, even though you might not believe that. But Michael Kay here on The Rich Eisen Show, and we'll talk about Center Stage in a second, his uh, new book about his uh, interviews. Uh, with some of the best and brightest uh, right here on the Rich Eisen Show, Michael K. I'm going to push back just a little bit here, like because uh, the Yankees of the the Tory era, they put the ball in play. They always put the ball in play, and not every, They they never really had a a league leader in home runs, but they did hit home runs. But everybody did, and they had pitching. So do you think the Yankees of those years that you were calling, um, Michael K. could win now in baseball?
0: Paul O'Neill thinks they, should, they could win, but I will tell you this, it's a lot harder to hit now than it was then. Really? So I, I understand your pushback. It's not really even pushback. It's almost a confirmation. The game has changed so much that you remember those teams, Rich. Yeah. What they would do is they would work the starting pitcher to the point that the starting pitcher would be knocked out in the fifth inning. Right. And then they would beat up on the underbelly of the bullpen. There is no underbelly of bullpens anymore. Everybody throws 95 miles an hour. It's hard to hit. It just is. I, I don't know if you can hit like that. Now, O'Neill claims, he said on the air, anybody who says they can't take the ball against the shift is lying. But then I've had Mark DeScher on my show, and he goes, it's not that easy to do. And also, I'm, I'm paid to hit over the shift, not through it.
1: Right. Well, I'm, plus, I, I, I'm paying a ticket to see somebody hit, hit, hit a ball, and it goes safely, not bunt you know just because the left field line is wide open like that's right. not what I that's not what I want to do either but all right Michael K here on the Rich Eisen Show congrats on this book sir um Thank you. center stage what are you uh, most proud of about this Michael the names on the on the book cover are remarkable to say the yeah, least yeah
0: i mean the, the 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 a-list guests that we've had and you know you doing a show it's not an easy thing to do especially when you get a person that has to commit in person to be there for over an hour it's like an hour and a half commitment And, uh, you know, we started out 20 years ago. Our first guest was Steve Young, and I couldn't think of a better guest to start with. He was the best, and he's in the book. Uh, And just the the amount of guests that we've had and the things that we've uncovered. And I, I just found this out, Rich. Yes, sir. Two weeks ago, so it's not even in the book. We had Mike Tyson on. And Tyson on stage was alternately crying and laughing uproariously. Flipping between happy and sad. There were times I was sitting there thinking he was going to hit me. The audience was sitting on the edge of their seats. I left that interview and go, wow, that was raw. That was just visceral. And then I found out two weeks ago that that show aired on Yes. And a gentleman by the name of Spike Lee was watching. Mm -hmm. The show ended and he called up Tyson immediately and said, that's a show, one man show on Broadway I want to produce. And that's actually where Tyson on Broadway began. No kidding. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that until two weeks ago.
1: Did you, you, did you, so thus you didn't get a piece, let alone a house seat for that?
0: You know what, I'm glad oh, you asked because we think alike. <laughs> uh, I know Spike and I like Spike. Yeah. You know, I was on that stage too, Spike. How about a little something, something for the effort?
1: Well, I mean, how about a one man, <laughs> what, what would the one man Michael K play be called? Michael, oh. What would, um, that be, what would that be run called? Run on sentence. No, it would be called, I don't eat ketchup. It could be well, that. K,
0: I got it. K doesn't always mean strikeout.
1: Uh, ah. See, ladies and gentlemen, Michael K. <laughs> round of applause right there. I like it. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 we had Tyson here, what was that, about five, six years ago, I think. And uh, that was back uh, in a day where the radio clock that I had, which is, I'm sure I know I'm talking your language there as well, we'd have to take a break in the middle of the hour. Ooh and Tyson came on 20 minutes into the hour and I had to take a break at some point during the interview and the question is is when do you do it when do you not and I asked him a question about you know what would you tell the old Mike Tyson back in the day that you know that he wouldn't know right now and he goes well the old Mike Tyson wouldn't listen to me and I I said why and he said because you know um that that he de- definitely uh, didn't listen to people back then. And I asked him, how many rounds could he give me right now? He goes, I don't want to even think about it. He goes, why? Because he said, I might, I might hurt somebody. That's when I took the break. <laughs> That's a good break. <laughs> I'm like, we'll be right back. I mean, like, and that 60 seconds was like, what do you say to somebody? You know what I mean? Like, the, those, I always found that it, oh, always a, an awkward moment when there's a guest sitting right there. And I imagine shooting something over an hour and a half, you had moments like that all the time with some of your guests yeah, right I mean, we'd somewhere. have
0: to break with Tyson, and like, you know, after he's crying, and what do you say to him? Oh, by the way, beautiful weather, huh?
1: <laughs> How'd you like a Broadway play? That could be I've, something. I've
0: always like been. I, I'm sure that you're like this as well. Like when Letterman go to break and lean in, and t- I want to know what he leaned in and said. Yes. That's the stuff I'm curious about.
1: Yes, uh, the one time um, uh, it, I, I was on Letterman, he leans into me as the commercial break, and he goes, "Thanks." That was it. That was it. So people at home so like, what's he saying to Rich? Book. So what's he saying to <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh Thanks. Also, some of the names here are some of the all-time great Yankees, like Barra and what were those? Like, What, what do you have memories of those moments, Mike? The
0: Barra moment to me that, that I take out of it, and I explain this in the book, is just you, when you're around somebody for a long time, and an hour is a long time, you realize why they, they are who they are. And I think that's, that's the crux of the book as well. But with Yogi, he was so nice to everybody. Mm. I mean, he made everybody feel like they were the most important person in the world. So we have a comic that comes out and warms up the audience before the show. His name is Pete Dominic, and he brought his father, a World War II veteran who loved Yogi. So I brought the dad into the dressing room before the show, and Yogi made him feel like the most important person in the world. And Pete told me that's one of my dad's biggest moments in life. And I just think that's what Yogi Bear is about, just a sweet, gentle man who never let his celebrity get the best of him. And I've seen the celebrity get the best of a lot of people, but not Yogi Bear.
1: Who would you want that you didn't get?
0: We're still working with, you know, know Springsteen, uh, Billy Joel, um, Jerry Seinfeld, and and Michael Jordan. Seinfeld, I I don't understand why we don't have him, because we've had Larry David on, and, and Larry and I have gotten... To have a really great relationship, he'll text me during Yankee games screaming about a move that Aaron Boone made. Right, and so he ha- he obviously had a good experience on the show, but I don't know if Jerry has an aversion because of the Yankee connection. With yes, he's such a big Met fan, we have not been able to get him on. Is that
1: right? Yeah. I mean, it could it could be that it could be a Met Yankee thing, which you have to respect too. Right. Well,
0: you Keep know time? what? Then I've got to call in Gary Cohn from the you know the bullpen and have him host that show.
1: May I mean. <laughs> You know you wouldn't want to do that, Michael. Let's let's be honest here. Let's no, just be, put on let's put every card on the table. Peel the show
0: out of my death
1: grip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Springsteen would be the winner too, yeah. right? And but and Billy Joel. What would you ask him, man? What would the?
0: Well, I sign off my radio show every day. Life is a, a series of hellos and goodbyes. I'm afraid it's time for goodbye again. So I'd right. ask him where that line came
1: from. Okay, very good. He could basically say, "I don't remember. I was drunk." He could say that. You know, back right. in the day, and
0: then I'll go. It's time for break. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, so uh, this is your off day, and then well, not not for your radio show. When do you when do you when do I see you again, Michael? When you do I hear me your tomorrow, voice?
0: Tomorrow, um, okay. at seven with uh, with David Cole for Yankees Royals. Mike Garrett Cole on the mound.
1: There we go. All right, his his I feel I, I I I go back and forth. I feel for the guy. I mean that that you know that question that well, I guess was it Pete Davidoff that asked him like you know from the post? Ken Davidoff not yeah. bad.
0: I I, thought it was, you know what, I didn't think it was an illegitimate question. What I don't like, Rich, is that this guy's being made to be the face of it. He's far from the only person, and for some reason, because of Josh Donaldson, he's the face of it. I I just don't think that's fair. And I don't know if you've ever interviewed him. He's really smart. And I just think he was caught between what he wanted to say and kind of what he was advised to say, and nothing came out.
1: The Yankees don't make a lot of players available nationally, Michael. You know that. I mean, they, they, they do not. It's just that simple. Because I'm as diehard a Yankee fan as there is, I would love to interview every last one of them, and it's very difficult.
0: There's I no wish doubt. you could get him on because he's I'd love to. talking with him about pitching. It's like a master's. Michael, he was amazing. a kid. He,
1: he was like me going to Yankee Stadium. Except yeah. I, I, I just, you know, I, I don't have a $300 million contract because I, uh, uh, you know, so the Yankees, you know, haven't hired me. They, <laughs>
0: I it's really close, though. You know,
1: <laughs> my spin rate's a little <laughs> off, you know. That's my problem. <laughs> hey, Mike, you're the best, bud. I appreciate it. I will, I'm will. i there every night, you know. Should, so do you answer, Larry? Because sometimes you don't answer me when I text you, Michael. Uh,
0: I, I get frowned upon for being on the phone sometimes, but I will, Who's frowning? I answer, Who's him, frowning? I will answer you too.
1: Who, who frowns? Who frowns?
0: I do have bosses, you know. Well, how are you paying attention? See, I have ADD, so I can pay attention with a thousand things at once, but they don't get that.
1: All right, Michael. Look, <laughs> look for my text tomorrow night. Take care of yourself, bud. You got it. Say hello to the family. You say you too. That's uh, Michael K. Everybody, Michael K. Everybody. Now, we've had Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, David. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I I have interviewed well, Billy Joel at the Super Bowl. Yeah. So. You know, and but the NFL helped me get that. True. But. Yeah. You know, hey. But I'm also not the Yankee. There's, there's no doubt in my mind, yeah. Seinfeld. It's Matt,
2: the Yankee thing. It's a Yankee yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's no question yeah. in my no, mind it's no, a Met Yankee thing. No I'm not question. showing up on yes. Yeah, no question.
1: You know. SNY as a center stage is out the door. Quick story, Billy Joel. I'll tell it. <laughs> All right? I'll tell it. Gabe Feldman knows we're going to be a little late. <laughs> I, saw, I saw you already looked at the clock, Chris. I did, I did. Grape right. knows we're a little late. <laughs> Billy Joel's Super Bowl. You guys have heard this story before. I'll tell it again, just in case there's somebody new out there on NBC Sports on Peacock, this radio station. This is great Billy time. Joel's doing the national anthem of the famed Prince Halftime Super Bowl. Okay? In Miami. I believe it was 2007. So it was a perfect layup question 10 years from now. It's Miami 2017. I'm, You know, there's almost all sorts of stuff I could ask Billy. And um, the rare instance of this interview is going to be a sit-down interview within the walls of the convention center an hour or so after he meets with the media writ large. So he's brought into the convention center, and this is before Prince plays that, Crazy, uh, crazy set, set in front of the, N- the NFL media. He doesn't Q-A. do, his, he doesn't do um, a Q&A. He didn't want a, a back and forth. He just played music instead. It's amazing. And the reason why you don't want a back and forth is, you know, if you don't know football or you don't know this, and you, don't, you get stupid questions sometimes. He'll just play music. Billy, however, was going to do the Q&A. And he shows up in the NFL Network green room beforehand, and I'm sitting there, and holy crap, that's Billy Joel. Kid from Staten Island, are you kidding me? That's the guy from Cold Spring Harbor for crying out loud, out there in Long Island. So I'm sitting there and I'm listening. It's Brian McCarthy, who's uh, the uh, the MC for a lot of these moments for the N- uh, for the NFL. He's uh, he's one of the top NFL PR guys. He runs the whole shop now, pretty much. Brian is telling him, "Hey, look, one of the questions you're going to get probably is how long the national anthem is, and we appreciate it if you don't." respond to that because it's a gambling question and we in the nfl just you know we, we prefer that you don't do that because there's it's just better for for everyone i'm paraphrasing what he said billy nodded gotcha okay strolls out time for the q a ladies and gentlemen billy joel a round of applause even the even the hard-bitten media is clapping for him it's Billy Joel. What
5: does it like Billy Joel?
1: Billy does his preamble how exciting it is to be here for the Super Bowl, singing the national anthem. It's going to be great. And he thinks it's going to be about a minute, 52 minutes long.
6: <laughs>
1: Time for hellos and goodbyes indeed. Smash cut to about 45 minutes later, he's walking in the door, and I'm just like, I don't know what the hell he's going to say here. But it was great, man. The voice of Madison Square Garden can't wait till Dolan poops on him <laughs> it's only a matter of time all right I'm gonna have to avoid the wormhole you were,
5: please, you were going
1: deal. now we'll take a break here on the Rich Eisen show did I just top K after he left the phone did a, I do little, that? a little yeah. bit
5: okay. a little bit
1: that's next Gabe Feldman on the NCAA getting dunked on nine nothing's the final score for the Supreme Court Oh, oh, O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. We had uh, Jerry uh, on the show just a couple weeks ago, Larry, and I asked him, how come Steinbrenner himself never appeared on Seinfeld? And he said, Steinbrenner shot a scene, but it was so bad you cut it. Is that a true story? True story, yeah. What was so bad about it?
5: We brought him out, I think, for the last show of the 95 season. Mm. I'm I'm not quite sure um, when it was, but... um, he flew out on his private jet to do the show mm-hmm. and flew back that day. And okay, he did it. And uh, then I I go into editing and I'm watching the show, and oh my God, he was so awful. <laughs> he was so bad. It was you couldn't use it. It was much better from behind with my voice, <laughs> you know, than actually seeing the real the real guy doing it.
1: Right. So that was a scene where he was with Costanza. With he with... was
5: with Elaine in a restaurant, I think. Okay, and um, I had to call him up and tell him he was cut. <laughs> <laughs> How did that go? I called Yankee Stadium. I said, it's, uh, "I want to talk to Mr. Steinbrenner. It's Larry David." He got on the phone. Yeah. I said, uh, uh, "Mr. Steinbrenner, it's Larry David calling from the Seinfeld show." Yes, yes, Larry, what is it? I said, um, "I said I'm, I'm sorry to tell you this." He said. Come on you can tell me I'm a big boy, I can take it you
1: know <laughs> but you slipped like back back in that voice yeah, it's like right. I slipped right
5: back in right and I said, I'm seeing you know I've been cut from the show and uh, i I said it's it's not your fault, but it's just the end of the scene wasn't working and uh that was it. How do you take it? <clears throat> he was a big boy, he took it well <laughs> so he, yeah. he told you how he was going to take mm-hmm. it and he and, actually, and, took and it well. actually took it yeah.
1: George Steinbrenner and Elaine. Wow. I would never have guessed. I would have thought that there would have to have been a Costanza George moment. I, right I there. know
5: there was an Elaine scene. I don't okay. know. If there may have been a George scene. I'm not right. sure. I don't remember.
1: How did you enjoy playing Steinbrenner? Did you have a blast doing that?
5: Oh, yeah. It was fun. Yeah. I had, a, I had yeah. What's I your had
1: favorite fun. one where you were Steinbrenner? What was it?
5: I think probably something. I remember the Calzones. The Calzones. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> that yeah. George had to get the Calzones. Yeah. The Calzones. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's as great as it gets, man. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. We're about to go over 276,000 followers. Oh, we're at 277 already. My bad. It just keeps on ticking up. We always appreciate people checking out our our YouTube page. Um, I got to call Bob Costas because I think, I think he watches our show on YouTube. I think that's how he consumes our program.
5: Bob,
2: <laughs> Bob's always been ahead of the times. Huh? He's always been ahead of the time.
1: I just know because you know I've, i you know he he, he does comment occasionally uh, via text about what I'm saying about baseball.
2: Oh, I thought you meant Bob was in the YouTube comments, like stirring it up. No, definitely
1: not. <laughs> He's not a four-five-four. Four. Bob's not a four-five-four. Four. It's amazing. It. It's He's illegal not. to own only one guinea pig. four-rich number to Dom. We'll take your phone calls right here on The Rich Eisen Show in a matter of (laughs) moments. But right now, uh, I want to take the phone call of somebody who's the voice of uh, NFL Network past for me. Uh, We spent many a time talking uh, lockout back in the day, back in 2011. Now here we are in 2021, and uh, we're turning to uh, this man to make heads or tails of the 9-0 Supreme Court ruling dunking atop the NCAA today. And what that means for the future of the economic model of the NCAA, which is uh, here's your free education and uh, we'll take everything else, essentially. <laughs> uh, but I know there's a lot of gray area, which is why we're having uh, the sports professor and the man in charge of the two-lane Sports Law Program, Gabe Feldman, back here on The Rich Eisen Show. How you been, Gabe?
3: I'm good, Rich. How are you? You're, you're, you've taken
1: the uh, retirement of Coach K. Well, I assume. Correct? you being the I'm still two in
3: denial. I've right? a year. He may change his mind. Okay. You know, so what
1: the heck happened in the Supreme Court today for a nine nothing ruling? Gabe.
3: It's a remarkable day. There's not much that nine justices on the Supreme Court can agree on, but one of them is that the NCAA is in violation of antitrust law through its restrictions on college athletes and the decision itself is actually pretty narrow and pretty modest because it only applies to what are called education-related benefits. So this would be musical equipment or computers or internships and uh, things like that. So it's, it's not going to have a massive short-term impact, but the bigger impact is that the court basically said the argument that the NCAA has been using for decades to justify all of its restrictions on college athletes is no longer valid. Um, So this will certainly open the door to more antitrust litigation that might try to take apart every rule that has been really fundamental or foundational for college sports and may open the door for athletes not only to be paid for their name, image, and likeness, which is the story. This month, but also just to be paid to play or to be paid to come to school.
1: So let's before we get to the huge potential uh, tidal wave, let's just talk about what we saw today. What what will now change in the world so of NCAA what will sports?
3: Change as of now is that schools cannot agree to restrict these education related benefits. So there was a really broad lawsuit and ended up getting narrowed down to these two issues, and one of them was what they call in-kind education-related benefits. So there are restrictions on how many uh, computers or musical instruments or pieces of science equipment that athletes were permitted. They're no longer allowed to restrict that. Uh, Again, that's not going to be a a major change for athletes to get some more musical instrument and science equipment. They're also going to be able to get internships and scholarships post-eligibility, which is not insignificant, but again, not going to Suddenly change the model and, and lead to millions of dollars come in. Uh, and they're also going to be allowed now the schools to pay up to about $6,000 for academic achievement awards, um, but they can limit it below, they can limit it any higher than $6,000. So that's the immediate impact. Pretty modest. If that were it, I think the NCAA would declare victory and go back to their business as usual, but it's the reason why the court held all that stuff to be illegal. That's more important than what they
1: actually held to be. Illegal. Dave F- Feldman, director of sports law of Tulane Law School, uh, right here on the Rich Eisen Show, and uh, I think we let, let's talk about the the what next because you said that the ruling uh, invites potentially more bites at this apple, um, and for for student athletes who want to get paid um, for their services, and usually you know you read an opinion. If I'm not mistaken, because I do have uh, a degree from your esteemed uh, institution of higher learning that you still have yet to sign to make it official, Gabe. Honorary. But that's okay, honorary, honorary, oh, degree. By, by my honorary degree. My bad. Um, that uh, that you then look at, at some of the concurring opinions, and the Brett Kavanaugh concurring opinion basically says, "Bring it, let's go. Uh, I'm ready to to make this much larger and pay athletes." Am I
3: reading that correctly? That shows how much your honorary degree has actually paid off. Thank you. You've read it beautifully. You've explained it beautifully. So there's two things. One is the the full opinion from the eight justices uh, that says we're just going to look at the narrow issue, and that narrow issue is those education-related benefits. Those restrictions are illegal. But even in that opinion, they said, look, although we're not addressing pay-for-play or NIL or all that other sort of stuff, the reason for the NCAA's protection under antitrust law that they've gotten for the last 40 years doesn't exist anymore. The world as it was back 35 years ago when the Supreme Court first gave the NCAA its antitrust protection has changed, and they are not entitled to this antitrust protection. But we're only addressing this one little issue. Kavanaugh came in and said, I know we're only addressing this one little issue, but this whole thing stinks. And college athletes are being exploited. These restrictions would be illegal in any other industry. They should be illegal here. Um, This predominantly affects black athletes. And, I mean, he dropped the hammer on the NCAA. And and it's remarkable because this is a pro-athlete, pro-labor decision. And it came from arguably the most conservative justice on the Supreme Court, or certainly one of them. So if the NCAA gets its most scathing anti-NCAA judicial opinion of all time, and it comes from a conservative Supreme Court justice, that's not good news for the future of the status quo for the NCAA.
1: Well, how does that happen? Does does Kavanaugh, I'm serious, does he walk into uh, Chief Justice John Roberts' office and say, hey, I want to add something? And and do they read it first before saying, okay? Like literally, how does something so um, remarkable – in terms of saying, let's keep, you know, uh, congratulations, NCAA, not only do you lose this 9 nothing, but, you know, we, we've just gotten started, essentially. How does that happen?
3: Yeah, and that's, that's the prerogative of each justice. They can write a concurring opinion, they can write a dissenting opinion. The other justices have a chance to read it and have a chance to join it if they want, so they could essentially co-author it. Right. He was alone on this one. So... Um, they, they can't stop him from writing it, but you will notice or one will notice that they don't criticize it or try to limit it in their main opinion. Um, so this may have been the other justices saying, you know, feel free to write it. Um, we're not going to join it. We're not going to comment on it. We think it's you know beyond the scope of what we were asked to do, but it's, it's still pretty telling. Now, obviously, if more justices had signed it, it would have been even more troubling right. for the NCAA, um, but this is – you know, about as bad as it could have been, unless everybody had signed in on uh, Kavanaugh's opinion, and then that had been the actual opinion in this case. And then so the, the, I guess the one piece of solace they can take from this is that it was only Kavanaugh on that opinion.
1: And then, in terms of my reading of things, along with my honorary degree from Tulane Law, <laughs> um, from the sports law um, organization that you head up there, Gabe. Uh, my reading correct is that what makes now, now stop me. Uh, people will be saying, you know, this is crazy that the NCAA uh, steps on its own. You know what? If is it true that the NCAA asked this, like put this before the Supreme Court after they got dunked on by lower courts as well. That So in other words, this ruling, this nine nothing ruling against them. And then this concurring opinion where Brett Kavanaugh essentially lays out a road map for the entire apple you know, cart being turned over um, yeah. was the NCAA's doing essentially
3: in in some ways. Yeah. You, you could I'll give the football analogy, although the NCAA lost at the lower courts, it was a pretty small loss. So it was as if they had gotten a field goal and then took the field goal off the board. Um, and then allow the plaintiffs to come in and score the touchdown. Because what the NCAA... I think I butchered that. Analogy. No, but I think you nailed it, actually, Gabe. Yeah, okay. Right, All right. right. You said a slam dunk, and I was trying to find a layup analogy. It didn't really work. But the um, what the NCAA asked the Supreme Court to do, and keep in mind the plaintiffs did not ask the Supreme Court to hear the case. They were going to take their their field goal and, and go to halftime. Um, but the, the NCAA did appeal because they wanted the shutout. They wanted to end all these cases. They didn't want the next plaintiff to be able to say, look what the NCAA is doing now. This is illegal. They wanted the Supreme Court to come in and say, in 1984, in this famous Board of Regents case, you said we can basically do what we want. We want you to reaffirm that now and, and reaffirm that we are the ones who get to govern college athletics. We get to decide how much college athletes get paid, and we get to create this product. And this product is based on the fact that the athletes are not paid. That's what makes it different from pro sports. They were hoping with a very conservative court, one of the most conservative courts of all time, that they would have the votes to do it, that they would have enough justices who would say, you're right, to, uh, NCAA. <laughs> wow. we are going to give you more protection. Obviously, it didn't turn out that way right now. They're going to get less protection and maybe even less again for the next lawsuit. But what this might lead to in terms of next steps is for the last six months, a year, the NCAA has been at, in Washington, D.C., asking members of Congress to give them an antitrust exemption because they were worried if they didn't get an antitrust exemption, they would keep being sued under antitrust law and eventually lose. And that's where they are now. So the story may not be over yet. It's over in the court. Um, until the next lawsuit is brought, but it may be that Congress comes in and says, "We don't want college football and college basketball to be destroyed." We're going to come in and give you an exemption, or just
1: like it, it wouldn't actually destroy it. Isn't that what the ruling said here? Well, right. Is that 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 that's a fallacious argument? That that's what the lower court said too. Is that this doesn't destroy it? This is just the way that you're doing it, and as a matter of fact, it's illegal when from an antitrust perspective here. And I don't know. I, I was following a little bit what was going on in the Commerce Committee in the Senate, Gabe, and it sound doesn't sound like uh, any of those lawmakers are, are considering giving them an antitrust exemption anytime soon. So, um, well, what 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 is I guess in in final the next step here? Like, does this because uh, right now, from what you're describing, you know now now some of the student athletes might get more computers and more uh, of that. Uh, material and maybe some scratch for an academic scholarship if there's money attached to it but uh, outside of that when do you think this might actually change the model of NCAA athletics?
3: Well so that's the short term just from this decision but then keep in mind come July 1 there are at least six states that will allow their college athletes to get paid for their name image and likeness from third parties Uh, and then we expect more states to follow So that's going to – again, it's not going to be pay-for-play, but it is going to be potentially significant amounts of money going to college athletes. The NCAA is fighting that, so they're asking Congress to come in and block those state laws and give them antitrust exemption. The Republicans in Congress have been more inclined to do both. They have been more inclined both to block the state laws and potentially to give them antitrust protection. But like almost everything else in Congress – there's no agreement, and so there's no law yet, and we don't know how that will end up. Um, so it could be that ne- in three weeks, two weeks, there's name, image, and likeness payments, and then there's another lawsuit brought that challenges the whole system and says, look what the Supreme Court said. You cannot restrict us from getting compensation at all. You, the schools can pay us to play. They can pay us to transfer. They can pay us to do whatever they want. Um, and who knows what the next court would say to that, to say, well, wait a minute, that's beyond what The Supreme Court had in mind Um, but I am I am confident that there are many plaintiffs lawyers across the country that are drafting that complaint as we speak
1: so it's possible in two two and a half weeks time that the the star quarterback for Florida University of Florida who's taken over for Kyle Trask whose name does I don't have the top of my head could have a big fat contract for a local car dealership in Gainesville and nothing can happen, no, nothing can be done against that. I think it's that.
3: likely, not only possible. I think that that deal is probably in the works, and I think there might be some national deals too. Thanks you
1: know, for the call, your, Gabe.
3: Your star college quarterback or point guard or whoever it might be. Is it yeah.
1: a state where this is legal, correct? Right.
3: right. Uh, well, right, and the NCAA is planning to vote this week, maybe early next week, on what to allow – The athletes to do in all those other states that don't have laws that go into effect yet it looks like they're going to allow all college athletes to do it not just those that are in states that have passed laws so it it is is probable that every every college athlete will be able to be paid for an endorsement deal social media appearance whatever else it might be uh come july one
1: come july one that is around the corner gabe thanks for the time great to catch up with you sir
3: Great to talk to you, Rich. Do
1: you well. got it. That is Gabe Feldman right here on the Rich Eisen show. You can follow him on Twitter as I do, uh, at Sports Law Guy. That's where you can follow him, and he's got a podcast, Between the Lines, uh, where all podcasts are acquired about sports and the law. It's coming. It is flat out coming, and there is no way Congress is going to save them before July one. It's coming. The Buddy Garrity's of the world are going to have their day with all of these kids. It's coming. Buddy Garrity Chevrolet. And come on <laughs> down and buy buy a new Chevy. And who's the one who's going to be talking about it? The star quarterback from the local school. Great. Here we go. Love it. And then what do you do with the star receiver? What do you do with the star? I don't know. I mean, keep going. Keep going. <sighs> Stores, Honda. Here yeah, we go. Anywhere. The star you UConn athlete from Gino's team. Yep. Let's go. It's not just men. Yeah, exactly. And, and what I- happens? What the hell happens when that when when that floods in? And then the games still go. Championships are still played. Yep. We don't feel or we don't think there's going to be any sort of nefarious activity institutions of higher learning still stand kids still graduate Just and they're going to go and say this is going to ruin college athletics cbs fox espn disney billions everybody's still saying we'll, we'll we'll pay we'll pay 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 to show up and broadcast your games and it still goes what happens then well done, Mark Emmert. Well done. Congress thinks you're incompetent, and your lawyers uh, worked your way through uh, to a 9 nothing shutout loss. <laughs> Complete game? With Brett Kavanaugh just going all full ham, you know? Bringing squee in everybody.
2: The hero nobody, To come
1: but, on in and basically say, coming. you suck. Yeah. Well done. Andrew Brandt's going to be on tomorrow's program to talk about that. He's the king of there will be lawyers. Those lawyers are very rich today. Very rich. For a 9 nothing loss. Woo. We'll take a break, come back. Speaking of salt, the Rich Eisen Show social media grand <laughs> came out with a winner. Everybody loves his post from last night but it was born out of Philadelphia salt. That's for damn sure. That's coming up next in your calls. (laughs) Let's talk Sleep Number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs, and the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature, quiets your snores, or on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets Mike, I know you normally think that we're playing a video, yeah, but I, I'm little... calling. I'm calling. I'm oh. calling an audible here. I'm Ooh. calling an audible here on NBC got Sports Sorry, on Peacock, I... just because you know uh, sometimes there's just not enough time in a show to talk about stuff, and sometimes. And this is no slight to our friends at a Peacock. None at all. Please understand that this is with all, and this is not a, with all due respect. Things, um, you know, I'm saving this just for you, instead of bringing it to our full radio audience, because I'm not terribly proud of this. I'm not terribly proud of this, but right now. On the Rich Eisen show set right now, for some reason, the good people of North Macedonia are on the brains of one of my my colleagues, <laughs> and this game is three three nil. It's uh it's it's the it's the third day uh, uh, match of the match day Group C for those scoring at home, yep. <laughs> and um it's three nothing. Chris, why are you so locked in on a three nothing <laughs> a three nil? Uh, Euro match between uh, the Netherlands and uh, North Math- Macedonia. What? Why are you so locked in on this, Chris? I'm locked in. Netherlands, high scoring team. Yeah, gonna win Group C most likely. Clearly, they're up three. Not- Macedonia doing
2: a very fun, scrappy bunch. Is that why? Oh, get in.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh this is Chris, you're talking. Why are you so? Why are you so locked in on a on a on a on a cross? <laughs> Right now, how many? How much is this three minutes to go before extra time? Three minutes before extra
2: time. So we probably have anywhere from five to seven minutes. So what
1: that that means is you are going to be useless in the segment that we're returning to because you need one more goal. That would have almost been great save by the North. You know, North Macedonia's got no quit in it. (laughs) They get no quit in it. They have no clue. They have no, well, they might have a clue. They don't care that some guy sitting in El Segundo, California needs at least more than one. Half a goal <laughs> yeah. between now and the end of the this match. They just want to make it out of and, the group stage. And Brockman, oh. who needs one more, just one, just a little bit more he than a half one, a goal. He needs one, just a little bit more than a half a goal. Brockman, you got a corner yeah, coming right no, here. No, has no. Here's the corner. It's coming. Oh, in. oh it's a big save. save No, there's, there's some pride. There's some North Macedonian yeah, pride. Macedonia the pride. Brockman yeah, is about yeah, right, to yeah. enter. What Americans do not understand about international football. The it's most, amazing. Which is. We don't know how much time know how could much be time's four, life. could be five, yeah, could be yeah, three, right I don't much. know. Wheel of extra time, I call it, when I'm mixing <laughs> Whatever, <game>. it <laughs> Whatever it is. Whatever it is. We don't know. Here in America, there's 1.8 left on the clock. There's 1.8 left on the clock. We know how much time's left. In international soccer, we don't know. Could be three, could be four, could be five. Just look for that guy holding up the watch, uh, the big stopwatch. I think that last uh, cross was my
2: best
6: that shot. Was shot. I don't know, I man. Rich you never know.
1: I think he's going to have lot three minutes. I watched Portugal minutes. turn a Germany goal uh, corner kick into a goal of their own. He's going to have about true? three minutes of extra, that one, he, I think. Did you have the over on that one? Because that, that was a lot of high scoring. <laughs> no, answers.
2: I misread that,
1: man. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> Hey everybody! We were talking on our uh, Peacock only. Oh, feed. Here we go, fast break! Something oh, that Rich is watching. Right, Rich. He's watching the North Macedonian team trying to give up a. Oh, what we? Doing? One more goal. All right, Chris. Sorry. Sorry. Pull sorry, it together, Rich. man. Sorry. Pull it together. I'm with him now because this I'm match is now. over. It's three 0 sorry.
2: sorry, man. We're locked in. Rich.
1: He's 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 locked in on a North Macedonia Netherlands match that he needs one more goal than half a goal. Right. <laughs> And then I got a social media grandmaster who is using Rich and show real estate last night to get something off his chest. His Sixers lose in seven to the Atlanta Hawks. And you could sit here and say, you know what? Trae Young is becoming a superstar. He's a budding superstar Absolutely. in this league. He is an assassin. He is somebody that is going to take... Your heart out and show it to you pumping right as Brockman can't oh. get a goal. Another one <laughs> on live TV plus and radio. Well, I was right so on. he he could sit there and you know tip his cap to somebody like Trey Young making his bones against the uh, the Amtrak Acela corridor. Knocks out the Knicks. Knocks out the Sixers. You could also say Kevin Herder. Who the hell is this guy? Making his moment right here. Making it all go down. For the Hawks, twenty-seven in Game Seven. What a story that is, right? You could come up with some sort of meme, some sort of comment about that. Yeah, absolutely. Celebrate. Not you, T.J. Jefferson. Not you. No, you're <laughs> going to take to Instagram, Facebook. You you went on every po- Twitter. You went on every piece of real estate. Ready? Zan can't wait to call in this week to tell you we need a TikTok page. That's coming, by the way, my He even went to MySpace. Oh, you went. He I mean, you went, went to, back to back Snapchat. Did you go to Snapchat? I was on friends. You went everywhere. <laughs> TJ, a... TJ even went on parlor. I think. <laughs> <laughs>
6: we have <a> parlor, <laughs> we'll tell you there was one place that you we won't find out, okay. We don't
1: have a parlor. We don't have TJ. TJ gets a shot of Richie Cunningham from Happy Days and <laughs> oh, a picture of a Gerber baby, <laughs> and puts it side by side, saying the Sixers really let these two end their season. I don't know what to say.
6: That's Opie Cunningham. It's so
1: salty, man. <laughs> Richie so Cunningham.
2: Salty.
6: And a Gerber baby is who he says... No, Rich, that's Herter. Tyler Werter
1: and and Trey Young. That's who they that are. Huh? That's Kevin Herter and Trey right. Young. And Trey Young. That's what you say. That's who they are. But that was on your account with your salt being all salty. Then you took that, took the salt out of it, and used the content on all sorts of Rich Eyes and Show Twitter feeds and pages and Instagrams and Facebooks. Yeah. And I must tell you, every single one of my friends texted me. They loved it. Yeah, because <laughs> it's funny. Did it? Did it help though? Did it help get that yeah, off it was your chest? Soothing? <laughs> I mean, like when you hit send, did it help? Well, I I I, I lost to Opie no, Opie no. from uh,
6: Opie Cunningham is uh, Eddie Murphy. No, called you mixed him. them together, right? Yeah, Eddie, remember, remember in Saturday Night Live? Yes. <laughs> Opie Eddie Opie. Just called somebody Opie, Opie Cunningham. Cunningham. Uh, it, no, because I was still mad when I made that, so no, it didn't make me feel better. to send it took about. Fifteen minutes for me to calm down.
1: Hoskins says it, it, there's been a lot of Rick Astley, a lot of that uh, they he's got Rick rolling. Oh, Rick oh rolled. yeah, yeah. yeah. i
2: gonna keep you. Huh? He does look like Rick Astley.
1: Really? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he does. Kevin Herter, man, good for the Hawks. Together forever. Ja- Jamie Gertz is going to the Eastern Conference Final.
6: I, man, I would have given that a less than zero chance of a Final Four team. Oh. Like that is insane. Ooh. Thank you, bro. I'll be here all week. Try the veal. Thank you.
1: Tip your waitress sideline Mike's been waiting to get something off his chest about the Hawks. How you doing, sideline Mike?
4: Good afternoon, gentlemen. Mike. Mike. Oh well, look now. You remember uh, February twenty fourth, nineteen ninety four? I left the Hawks for dead when they did what? Richard Ivan? They traded
1: Dominique Will. That's okay. right. That's what Bamani <laughs> Jones talked about last week. Oh, yep.
4: Me and Bo, me and Bo got off that narcotic the same day. So now you're playing with house money. All I'm gonna say is this, gentlemen, when LeBron James and the rest of these other superstars are not here, these young bucks better make some hay. Because what I can see in my Magic Eight ball is the Suns and the Hawks in the finals. That would be a nice game right there, gentlemen. But hey, at the end of the day we're playing with house money. If we had DeAndre Hunter and a one hundred percent Bogdan Bogdanovich, I don't know, man. But I tell you, we're gonna let your boy Johnny get his fifty and see if we can clothes out of everybody else, and let's see what happens. But right. so we're playing with house money, and I just love the Philadelphia fans. All the junk they were talking. And last week, you guys didn't let me get on about Mark Cuban. Now we're already going to talk about Mark Cuban and what he's got going on right now. But don't forget his little situation where he set his whole, had one guy set his whole HR department on fire. And we forgot about that. That was just a couple of years ago. So he is the emperor with no clothes on right now, and his thing is falling off falling down behind him and around him, and he's going to do uh, Luka just like he did Dirk. He's going to surround him with some our players his entire career. And how do we think that trade, portray- that trade for Luka Luca? And Trey
1: oh, right now, now hold maybe. on a second, sideline, Mike. I let you have your say for the last two two minutes. And by the way, yeah. I did shake up the Magic Eight Ball uh, when you said it's going to be Suns versus Hawks. It did say "ask yeah. again later," which I then asked in the second minute of your soliloquy, and it showed up. It is certain, and I have to I have to go because we're up against the clock. Thank you for the call. It is certain, All right, Mike. I, I'm not I'm not going to be here for the Luca and Trey Young. Yeah, no, I mean it. Although Trey Young is special, he's proven to be special. He's special. He shot five for 23. Actually, I know. I That's know. why I thought I could. Be. And you still were trailing and at And still half-time. lost. <laughs> well, I'm saying, well, you
6: get a game where you've got the team star, their up-and-coming star, he's shooting five for 23. He missed 17 shots, I believe, the game before that. You would figure that the Sixers would win, but no, they let Opie Cunningham send them the vacation. Opie Cunningham. Show some
2: respect to Kevin Herter, man. Upset. He sent
6: you guys home. Yeah, I'm upset because Kevin Herter Just has done this it, to the dude. Sixers before. I've watched, like, you know, multiple hot Sixers games. He kills the Sixers. I've seen him take out the Clippers a few times. Oh, so you should have known to guard him. Yeah, so I'm, him. I'm just a little upset because I've seen him do this to us before.
2: Oh so. man, your coach now used to coach the Clippers. That's weird.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> oh, there you go. The process is over. It's, I put dirt on over. it. over the pastor's preaching was a good man. Oh, put that in. Are you going to put that on all our uh, our, our our handles? Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's a higher register maybe yeah. oh, baby greg olson our number three and you on the rich eisen show pouring out a little liquor for the process guys so what's in our news update coming up chris what do you got for me over there
2: oh there's a lot happening there's a lot of what do you ba- got there's a lot of basketball first news. of all you
1: lost your over so that's okay thanks and then, chris yeah, I, I did, yeah he's focused thank again you. thank you for rubbing that in i'm not rubbing it in i'm just telling facts thank you okay they're doing the skull chant right now i don't know if that helps you so Okay.
2: Well, Ukraine and Austria just finished as well.
1: Yes, indeed. So, what do you got? What's the news update? I got nothing. What do you mean you got nothing?
2: Well, you hurt my feelings.
1: <laughs> he's not ready. That, that means he's not That's ready. True. He That's true. That's true. It means you got... Do you really have nothing over there? Because I know you were going to do a, a news update.
2: Well, we plans. are, and then we added someone, so I wasn't sure we were still doing it. But uh, there, are, there is some NFL news. Okay. We got some Justin uh, Justin Fields action. Okay. And we got some USA basketball. And... Well, I have some Olympic news. You Olymp- do? What spectators are going to let 10,000 spectators at each event
4: in Japan. I saw Japan. that. See?
2: I'm helping
6: but them. they're not allowed to cheer. So what is and the point of them cheer. being there?
4: Yeah, what do you mean they're not allowed to cheer? You
1: can't cheer. There's no what? cheering. There's no cheering. Because you can't open your mouth? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. That's insane. That's so insane. you could show and show up, but you don't say anything? Yeah, what are we doing? How do you even enforce that? No, now see, now you can't you can't do that because you have to actually speak. You're allowed to speak. We're fully I mean, vaccinated. Well, right.
2: we're we're shrug emoji
1: because that's the point. A quiet place. It's somebody's going to come out like one of those. quads is going to come out like, if you golf. actually open your mouth. They're going to have golf. It's going to say quiet, please.
6: The Sixers could have had Jason Tatum. Okay, and then this whole thing <laughs> was yeah. like, not even matter. Like they not, gave up Jimmy, but Jimmy not Butler. Not. They could have had Jason. So guess what You know what's hilarious? If if
2: if. The Sixers <laughs> right. offer Orlando straight up Simmons for Mocha Fultz. Orlando says no. That's how bad Ben Simmons is.
6: Like, first of all, you're nuts. They wouldn't
2: say no. They absolutely would say no. no. They would not. You heard say ben Simmons is untradeable. Who is c- going to take him on?
4: I trash. Just said uh, He uh, should he's just retire.
2: Valuable. It's over, bro. Okay.
4: His career is over. He wants to. His get
2: career is over. Stephen A.
4: Brockman Doc should over be here.
5: fired.
2: Like Elton Brand should be fired. The Sixers should just blow up the Spectrum. Get it rid of it. It's over.
1: Yeah, the Spectrum. There's no, play no punching in there anymore, horses. But I like There's it. no
2: climbing up grease Look poles. Sell the Liberty Bell. Just throw it in the bay off the bridge. It's done. Nothing is making me happier than the destruction of the Sixers. Their fans are such terrible people. TJ excluded. <laughs> Skip.
6: Brockman over there. They're throwing
2: We're, crap on the court last night at beat. Like, what the is going on? Oh, you're right, because this your
6: Celtics fans would never throw uh, anything, right? Our oh, yeah. Not at their own players. Those are good people.